0: you are tuned in to the Arrowhead Chief Podcast. Uh, I'm your host Chris Style. Thank you for tuning in. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. I know it's been a while. It's been a long time. Been a long minute, but I'm back. Episode 66. We are here. Football is here. The rookies report this week. Next week, the veterans come in and training camp will kick off. So I know I'm excited. I know y'all are excited. Football season is almost back. It's been long. It's been a dark time. No sports, no football, but football is finally back, and we know that this season is going to be very interesting when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs. So let's talk about it. We've had some reports and some, uh, 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 some things that come out First off, let's start off with Orlando Brown, Jr., uh left tackle. Um, the Chiefs traded a first-round pick for him last year from the Baltimore Ravens. He was on the right side. Then Ronnie Staley got hurt. They moved him to the left side, and he performed really well. But, you know, in that system, in that Ravens system, they ran. They were very run-heavy because Lamar Jackson is a run-first quarterback. Let's not, you know, we, we – we could debate, you know, on the Lamar Jackson thing another time. But <clears throat> we all know that he is. When you're comparing Lamar Jackson to Patrick Mahomes, they are very different in their style of quarterbacking. He's a run first quarterback. Patrick Mahomes is a pass first. Who a pass first quarterback who can run? He can run, but he more so runs with his eyes looking down the field to throw the football because. He has an arm that he can make any throw on the field. There's not a throw that Patrick Mahomes can't make on the field. He can sidearm. He can, you know, he can throw it, you know, high. He can no-look it. Like, he has, you know, the one thing about Patrick Mahomes is his arm talent is there. You know, he has some of the best arm talent in the game. It would probably be him, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, you know, was up there where guys can just make certain throws. Uh, Matthew Stafford, Stafford, some guys who could just make any throw on the field. There's not a thread of grass that they can't throw the, throw the football to. So, But back to Orlando Brown Jr. Uh, we all know that he was franchise tag. He got the tag. The tag is worth like $16.2 million, I want to say. Um, but it was going into this season... The thought was to, that they were going to sign, of course, they were going to supposed to sign Tyreek Hill. We all know how that story went. He ended up getting traded to the Miami Dolphins. We ended up getting a lot of picks for him, so, et cetera, et cetera. Then they put the franchise tag on Andrew Brown Jr., and he was supposed to get signed later on down the road, thinking that, you know, they were going to get a deal worked out. Well, It took a minute because Orlando Brown Jr., of course, didn't have an agent, and which is interesting because he didn't have an agent last year. And the thinking was that, okay, we're going to trade for you, bring you in, let you play out the season, and then we're going to sign you to a long-term deal. Well, it was almost like he kind of slow-footed it to get a deal done. Which was very, very interesting because you would think he would have got an agent last year. And then once the season was over, they started working on a deal. But it didn't go down like that. So <clears throat> here we are. Uh, July, I want to say July 15th was the deadline for him to sign a loan. It was that, la- matter of fact, it was last Friday uh, on July 15th that he was supposed to sign the deal. Well, he didn't end up signing his deal. They couldn't come to an agreement. I think the, the reports out there and I'm, and I don't know the exact numbers, but supposedly it was a six year deal, 120 million, 40 million guaranteed or something like that. Well, the deal broke down to where he was really only going to get like 18 million point something for two seasons. So, Obviously the Kansas City Chiefs they they valued him they wanted to sign him to a long-term deal but they did not look at him as a top 10 or a top five I would say a top five uh, left tackle. Orlando Brown looked at himself as a top five because he wanted to reset the market. he wanted 25 million per year to sign with the Kansas City, he wanted the Chiefs to sign him to a $25 million deal, which would have been more for, than Trent Williams, who is considered the best left tackle in the game and is a future Hall of Famer. He's the most dominant left tackle in this game. That is why before the Chiefs traded for Orlando Brown Jr., they tried to sign Trent Williams to a deal. We got to remember that. Before we went and got Leonard Brown Jr., they were minutes away from signing Trent Williams. But Trent Williams supposedly called Kyle Shanahan, told him "Hey man make something happen, and the rest is history. He stayed with the San Francisco 49ers. So the reports out there are saying that he may not show up to training camp and he's willing to miss week one of the season. Now, look. I don't – will he miss the first week of training camp? Possibly. But I don't think he's going to miss all of training camp. I don't. I don't think he misses all of training camp. I think he reports the second week, and I think he comes in and he's supposed to do what he's supposed to do. I do think week one in Arizona, Orlando Brown Jr. will be playing left tackle on the franchise tag. He will sign his franchise tag after – he will sign his franchise tag. Now I get it. He doesn't he's not under contract right now. So he does not have to show up to training camp. And why should he? You know, why 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 burn yourself out when you can, you know, miss a week. So he'll probably miss a week. And then and then he'll come in and he'll report, and he'll take his physical, everything will be fine, and he will play left tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs for the 2022-2023 20, uh, three season do not be fooled. It would not benefit Orlando Brown jr. Not one bit for sitting out the 2022 2023 season. It would do him better to play on the franchise tag, tag ball out show that he's made some improvements because a lot of chief fans will tell you that he was overrated that he didn't live up to the billing that we traded for which was a first round pick. And to a certain degree I agree. Now, here I, I I will I will pitch him some bell on this. Orlando Brown Jr did play with the Ravens and the Ravens like I said in the beginning, he they were a run first offense. So they ran the football a lot. We know as as chief fans that Kansas City is a pass andy Reid is a pass First pass heavy type of coach. He likes to pass the ball. And when you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, you want to pass the football. I understand it. So why wouldn't you? And then you add to the fact that you had weapons like Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. And then even back, you know, in the twenty twenty eighteen, twenty or yeah, 2020 twenty twenty eighteen and the twenty nineteen season when we had Sammy Watkins why wouldn't you pass the football when you got that type of weaponry on your field you're going to throw the football so orlando brown jr did have to he had an adjustment he had to adjust to the style he's coming to a whole different style of coaching a whole different style of blocking he's not just blocking downfield he's trying he has to hold up against pass rushers coming at patrick Mahomes. And add to the fact that Patrick Mahomes, he freelances a lot. So, he does a lot of stuff with his feet. He runs out of the pocket. He'll do things. And you have to be ready for that. So, it's not easy to block for Patrick Mahomes, especially his blind side. So, I pitch him some bells to say, and he made some improvements. I believe that he was going to come in this season you know, knowing what to do, how to block. He, Him and Patrick Mahomes obviously have a chemistry together. They are friends outside of this. Um, they hang out with each other. Their kids, you know, play with each other. So, <clears throat> they have a relationship already. He was at Patrick Mahomes' wedding. So, he has a relationship with Patrick Mahomes. So, I believe that he was going to come into the season a lot better than than what he was last year. And he made some improvements towards the end of the season. So like I said, I do expect him to show up. I do expect him to play on the franchise tag. He will be in camp. Don't do not worry, Chiefs Kingdom. And he's playing on the franchise tag. And the thing about it is, next year, guess what? If they want to, they can franchise tag them again. And, hey, either A, they can trade them for a pick, or B, they can get a deal done. Either or is going to happen next year. So, do not worry, Chiefs Keenum. Yes, you would want your left tackle situation to be figured out, but at least we have our left tackle figured out for this season. So, now, let's talk about the elephant in the room on the defensive side, the defensive line. Everybody we've stressed about the defensive line and the wide receiver room. And you know, with good reasoning, you know, the wide receiver room, we don't have Tyreek Hill no more. So it's like how's this defense how's this wide receiver room going to look? We got brand new receivers and Juju Smith-Schuster, uh MVS, Sky Moore. So we're going to be looking at that wide receiver room who's going to be the one to step up and make some make some plays now when it comes to the defensive line there's big questions you know we got Chris Jones Chris Jones is a is a very great very good too great he has great moments but he's a very good defensive tackle if you ask around the league you would probably people will probably tell you that Chris Jones is probably the second best second or third best defensive tackle behind Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald was in a class of his own. And then, you know, it's dot, 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 Chris Jones. When Chris Jones wants to be special, he can be special. Now, the knock on Chris Jones is that he can be a wild card. He can um, freelance a little bit. And instead of running the play that's supposed to be ran, he wants to headhunt and go after the quarterback so much but for a defensive tackle yes he gets eight nine sacks and a lot of people will look down on that but for a defensive tackle to get nine sacks that is that is not nothing to sniff at like getting that many sacks is a big deal in this in this league so especially from a defensive tackle and when chris Jones and and I've seen you know we've seen him in the in the in the mini camps and all that stuff, and he looks like he's bulked up. Cause last year he leaned up to be a defensive end. I think that had a lot to do with, you know, his transitioning back to being a defensive tackle. Also, he had the wrist injury, and the wrist injury was more so one of those things where it was time. So he couldn't really, you know, do the things that he could do as a defensive tackle, because you got the wrist injury, you got to use your hands a lot. So he was in, he was playing hurt last year. I think he's coming in bulked up, back to that big body that he usually has. And I believe that Chris Jones is going to be dominant this year. I think I'm, I'm predicting Chris Jones to have 13 to 14 sacks this year. I'm, I'm, I'm bucketing it right now. From the defensive tackle, I think he's going to wreak havoc. He knows that this is a contract season for him because after this, there's no more guaranteed money. So him and the Kansas city chiefs, either they're going to work out an extension or he's going to be traded and he will not, they will cut him or they will trade him and get a pick for him. So this is a big season for Chris Jones. And I think he's going to show and prove this is also a big season for Frank Clark. Now Frank Clark took a, a pay cut, um, to, uh, to stay on the team because they couldn't keep him. I think he was going to be making like 17, $18 million. And they broke that thing down to like 13, 12 to 13 million over a two year span. So this is a big season for Frank Clark. Now I do not expect Frank Clark to be on the team next year. So I think he's playing for a contract with a new team next season. So, I think that Frank Clark is going to try to play his best football, that he's played with the Kansas City Chiefs. Even his first year where he kind of balled out out towards the end and started balling out in the playoffs. But I do think in this season, if Frank Clark wants another contract with another team, he's going to have to ball out this season. He's going to have to ball out. I'm predicting for Frank Clark this year, i'm gonna go with eight sacks for frank clark i'm gonna go with eight sacks now the question on this defensive line is do we need to add somebody else they drafted george karlovkas uh defensive end out of purdue uh the the thing about george colob is what they say is that he's you know he, he 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 has a good first step but it's the other it's the second moves that he has to work on now i they said that he lost some weight. He's leaned up to back to the size he was when his freshman year, because they said his freshman year was his best year because he was faster. He tried to bulk up to get bigger to play, but it slowed him down. He wasn't as fast and he, he didn't get out, the, you know, he, <clears throat> he didn't have the movement that he had his freshman year. So hopefully, hopefully, to him leaning up will make him faster and, and better as a player. Um, I'm only expecting maybe five sacks. I'm going to say five sacks for George Karlofkis, which brings me to my next point. I do think that the Kansas City Chiefs need to go trade for a defensive end. They need to call Chicago and trade a third or fourth round pick for Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn had 18 and a half sacks last year. I don't think people realize that he had 18 and a half sacks and furthermore robert Quinn was drafted by the rams when who was the head coach you got it steve spagnolia he was the head coach of the uh, of the uh now la rams they were st louis at the time but now they're the la rams so robert quinn was drafted by him and he's had upwards you know sack numbers even when he was with steve spagnolia so I would tell. I want Brett Veach to go get Robert Quinn to add to the defensive line. You add Robert Quinn to the defensive line. Now we have a solid defensive line with him, Chris Jones. Now Frank Clark is the third defensive pass rusher. You can bring George Karlofkas in in certain plays, pass plays, and and run plays. Um, You still got Deshaun Wharton, Mike Dana. you got some guys in the room, they like uh, Kando, they like Malik Heron, uh, he was making some noise in, in, the, in many camps, let's see how he do, do, does during the season, but <clears throat> we got a lot of young guys in that room, it wouldn't hurt to go out there and get a veteran, and somebody like him, or even a, a JPP, uh, 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 go get Ndamukong I'm, I'm cool with any of those moves, but my first move would be to go trade for Robert Quinn. Go get him, Brad Veach. He will solidify this defensive line with him and Chris Jones. So, that is my opinion on that. Now, let's talk about some rookies. Now, I've already gave you my, you know, I got ahead of myself, but I already gave you my Prediction for George Karlofkis, I said he was only going to get five sacks. Now, let's talk about the other two rookies. I'm only speaking on these rookies because they were picked in the first two rounds, um, and, and, their, <clears throat> and their positioning is very important and vital to this team. Trent McDuffie, Sky Moore. Now, let's start with Trent McDuffie. Now I was on another podcast um, that I I, be, uh, I frequent on. Um, I'm not hating podcast. Shout out to Clarence. Shout out to Dev. Uh, DV. Shout out to Kane. Um, <clears throat> and we were on there talking about uh, realistic. Um, and uh, matter of fact, I don't even think it was on the podcast. No, it was it was um, it was Kingdom Cast. They were talking about realistic numbers. For Trent McDuffie and Trent McDuffie and, and, and what would be considered a good season for Trent McDuffie. Now, I'm not a you know, he's not, I'm not expecting no Marcus Peters. I think Marcus Peters had six, seven sack uh, uh, interceptions his rookie season. I'm not expecting that from Trent McDuffie. If Trent gets two to three interceptions, uh, is high, has a good number of pass deflections and is not getting burnt, we're not hearing Trent McDuffie's name, you know, associated to a wide receiver running past him. That is a great season from Trent McDuffie. Now, every corner gets beat. So he's going to get beat on some plays. But if he's getting beat consistently and they're targeting Trent McDuffie to a point where he's just getting barbecued, by their by whatever receiver, then yeah, then then we're gonna have to reevaluate Trent McDuffie. But if Trent McDuffie holds his own and you don't hear the receiver that he's guarding name on a consistent basis, whether it be first downs or ends or in the end zone, and he gets a you know, a good number of pass deflections and a good number of of, of interceptions, a two to three interceptions that is a great season from Trent McDuffie. Now, realistically, let's talk about Sky Moore. Now, on the pecking order, we all know it's going to be Juju Smith-Schuster, it's going to be Miko Harmon, it's going to be NVS. Those are going to be the top three receivers going into, excuse me, this season. Juju Smith-Schuster, he is. He has talent. We know that Juju has talent. He's shown it when he was with the Steelers. When he's healthy, he's a talented. Now, a lot of people think he's a talented number two, and he had his best season when Antonio Brown was on the other side. This is Juju's. This is a very important season for Juju because this is Juju's first season by himself as the number one guy. There's no Antonio Brown on the other side. Now, you do have Travis Kelsey. Who's the best tight end in the league, but you don't have a number one guy on the other side. You do not have a Trent, I mean a Tyreek Hill on the other side. You do not have an Antonio Brown on the other side. Now I do think Juju gets a bad rap. I think that he was in, you know, yes, he had his best season with Antonio Brown, but I also think that he was on Big Ben's tail end of his career. The one year Big Ben got hurt and was out for the season, he was getting passes thrown to him by Mason Rudolph and Duck, Duck Hodges. Yeah. Good luck, you know, trying to have a great season with those type of quarterbacks. And then he got hurt last year. So I pitch him a little bit of bell that if Juju stays healthy and stays out of the media with the TikTok dances and stuff, I don't mind the TikTok dances if he's scoring touchdowns. If, he, if he's scoring touchdowns, he can do all the TikTok dances all he wants to. But if he's having a bad season and we're looking up and juju ain't doing nothing, then yeah. But I do believe that Juju is going to show this season that he is a he is a viable playmaker. My prediction, so, but let's get back to the, the point at hand. Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be number one. Number two will probably be Meeko Harmon, or he might be number one because he knows the system. So it might be one Meeko, two Juju, three MVS, and I think those are going to be the top three receivers. So Sky Moore will probably be the number four receiver. He's going to be the, he's going to be on the team. He's a second round pick. Unless he just terrible in training camp, he's going to be on the team. And what are what is a good season? for Sky Moore. And we got to be realistic now because we know how, we know how difficult this offense is. Andy Reid expects the receiver to know all the moves, where all the receiver positions, the the X, the Z, and the Y. So he wants you to know everything on the field. Uh, Andy Reid, you know, even though Tyreek Hill was the number one receiver and Travis Kelsey, it was like 1A, 1B. Um, the one thing that Andy Reid always has implemented is that he never really had a, his system is not a, you're the number one, you're the number two receiver because he moves people, he moves the receiver, you know, interchanges the receiver in and out of X and Y and Z, wherever he puts them on the field. So (laughs) it's, it's one of those offenses where it's gonna be some days Miko is the number one and Juju's number two and MVS is number three. And it might be an interchangeable thing between those three. So what I'm saying is it's gonna be dependent on how how fast Sky Moore can retain the information in the playbook. If he come, if he can retain it and he's a smart kid, he will get his touches. Now I'm not expecting him to get a thousand yards this year. My realistic thing for Sky Moore will probably be about 25 catches, probably 450 yards, and like two to three touchdowns. I'm being realistic. I think that that's probably a good number for Sky now. If Scott Moore comes out of the training camp and he's balling out and he gets in the game and he's just a different animal, then we have a different conversation for a different day. But those are my realistic numbers for him this season. Now, next season, we could talk about next season. And I think next season it will be different because I think he he will move up on the depth chart. I think he will be the either number two or number one next year. Um, depending on what Juju does next year, I wouldn't be surprised if Kansas City tries to re-sign Juju to a long-term deal. Because um, <clears throat> especially with the cap going up, and they're going to probably carry over some of that money. So, um, this season I'm going 450, about 25 catches, and about two to three touchdowns for Scott Moore. That is my realistic goal. Uh, take on those three rookies. I'm not going to speak on the other rookies, but those three rookies right there to me, because they are vital to the success of the Kansas City Chiefs this season. Now, lastly, let's talk about Patrick Mahomes. I believe Patrick Mahomes has been the most now we, th- th- I think the national media knows that Patrick Mahomes is very—he's talented. He's taken this league by storm. Some some people have embraced it. There are still some who believe that he's a product of a system. He's a product of Andy Reid. He's a product of the weapons around him. Always oh, got Tyreek Hill. He's got Travis Kelsey. He has Sammy Watkins. He's got this. He's got that. Even though they're not discounting that he's always played with a bottom tier defense. So he's consistently on the field. They don't never take into account that he always has a bottom I repeat, he had a he has a bottom tier defense since he's played quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. He had the worst defense in the league his first season. He took him to the AFC Championship game. The the second season, he had a I guess you can call it middle of the pack, not really. Probably low, high end twenty defense. Who came along and the, when they needed to, they were better than the year before, but they still weren't great. They were okay, and that's all you needed. It was a, it was an okay defense to make certain stops. But the next year goes to the Super Bowl, wins the Super Bowl. The fall, uh, la- uh, the year after that goes to the um, goes to the Super Bowl again offensive line falls apart we all know how that story goes lost to tom brady in the super bowl last year um defense was still bottom but then started coming along patrick was going through a little slump defense won some of the games last year they did but i it it was a little bit of fool's gold um because in the playoffs they got exposed even josh allen who he exposed them by burning them with Gabriel Davis, and it almost cost the Chiefs going into the AFC Championship game. And, and I, you know what? As much as I, we hate on the defense, it wasn't the defense that lost that AFC Championship. Yes, those sacks would have changed the game from Chris Jones, but if Andy Reid runs the football and he clearly sees Patrick Mahomes struggling, If they just run the football a little bit, they win the game. If they kick the field goal at the end of the half, they win the game. So, it wasn't the defense who lost that game. It was the offense. So, we go into this season. Patrick Mahomes, there's been knock on him. He's being doubted. They're looking at him because why? Because Tyreek Hill is no longer on the team. And that further lets me know that they feel like he's a product of tyreek hill now i believe him and tyreek hill go hand in hand i think that one couldn't have did nothing wide receiver is a very dependent position so to accentuate tyreek hill's skill you needed somebody like patrick Mahomes with the arm talent that i spoke of to accentuate his down the field paralysis now Tyreek Hill is a monster. You can put him anywhere on the field and he's going to make a play. You could go behind the backfield. You could put him, you know, you give him a screen. You can, you know, there's nothing that Tyreek Hill can't do that he can't make a play. Now, <clears throat> the interesting thing about this season is we're going to see uh Patrick Mahomes, how he operates his offense without a receiver now mvs yes mvs and miko Harmon, they have blazing speed miko harman he has blazing speed mvs has blazing speed but they don't have tyree kill speed and they don't and let's just be honest tyree kill is a different breed of receiver he taught himself how to play receiver not taught himself but he trained hard in the offseason and got better every year with his route running and all that says his, his football iq where he's supposed to be, Um, and the more underrated thing is knowing when Pat breaks off the football, get to a spot. Okay, let me adjust my route. That is very, very important when you have a Patrick Mahomes. You got to be able to adjust your routes. So going into this season, this will be a big season for Patrick Mahomes. And if Patrick Mahomes goes out there and proves, which I believe he will, I believe Patrick Mahomes, yes, Tyreek Hill will be missed, but I do not think that trap that Patrick Mahomes is going to have this dip and fall off a cliff. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to still be great. I still think Patrick Mahomes is going to utilize the weapons around him. Now, it'll be interesting to see if those weapons reward him, <laughs> but I believe that Patrick Mahomes has the talent and he has the moxie and the heart to make players around him better so i do believe that he's going to make the players around him better i do believe the thing that he's going to make the receivers around him step up and take that next step i think Miko takes this next step i think juju comes in has a career year and i think mvs has a better seasons than he's had with greenback and and i think the running back ceh i think he's going to be used in the in, in the running in the passing game Jared mckinney I do like Ronald Jones in between the tackles. I don't think he's going to catch the football much. But I do think C.H. and Gerald and McKinnon, why they brought him back, I think they're going to use them more in the receiving game. So I believe that I'm picking Patrick Mahomes to win the MVP this season because I think Patrick Mahomes is mad. And plus, his let's not forget the connection with him and Travis Kelsey. We're not going to do that. Travis Kelsey is still the best tight end in this league. And I do believe that Travis Kelsey is motivated, too. Because I think that they that people believe that Travis Kelsey was successful because of Tyreek Hill, and I and I do believe that Travis Kelsey is going to still be successful without Tyreek Hill on the field. I don't think it's going to be just as easy as oh we're going to double team Travis Kelsey and boom their offense is going to stall out. No, I think that Andy Reid is too smart. He's too much of a of an offensive genius to let one cog. On the offense gets shut down and it just shuts down the whole offense. That's just not how his offense worked. And when you have a talented quarterback and a great quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, that's just not going to happen. So I'm picking, I'm actually taking Patrick Mahomes this year to throw for 5,000 yards, a little bit over 5,000 yards, and I'm picking him to, to go high 40s uh, in the touchdown range. High 40s I don't think he gets to 50 but I do think he throws for 5,000 yards and I'm picking I'm picking Patrick Mahomes to win the MVP this year I'm picking him to win the MVP the regular season MVP so that is my time today that is my thoughts I know I've been gone for a long time but I'm back baby uh, training camp is coming it's, it's gonna be here soon the season will be here soon preseason then we'll get to the regular season in September and I'm excited. I hope y'all excited because I am. <clears throat> and if you're a first-time listener, this is your first time listening to the Arrowhead Chief Podcast, do me a favor. Go ahead and subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it be Anchor, whether it be uh, Apple Music, Spotify, Breaker, Stitcher, Google, wherever you listen to your podcast on, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And notification button, so you can be you can be uh, one of the first to hear the latest episode of the Arrowhead Chief podcast. Also, if you want to follow us on any social media website, we are there. We are on uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Follow us. We will. In, in, on Instagram, we will follow you back. Twitter, we will follow you back. Um, we are not Hollywood over here, <laughs> so. We'll follow you back. So um, I thank y'all for listening. Appreciate y'all. Hope y'all have a good rest of your week. I'm gone. Go Chiefs.